This is Chris Host Calgary, Wild Dogs and Adventure and Adolescence, and you're listening to The Dave and Steve Show. Previously on The Dave and Steve Show. Hey, a second story, a woman who pooped her pants halfway through a marathon <laughs> and ran with it in her shorts until she crossed the finish line, achieved a personal record. And then it dawned on me, he wasn't laid back, he was drunk. Our guests tonight are turning the world... <sighs> Let's try that again. Just no, we're keeping this. Time. We're keeping all this. <laughs> going smooth. Going smooth. <laughs> Good start. Dipshit. <sighs> all right, Here let's go. go. <laughs> and it was always considered bad form for your spouse to come into your place of work and for you to have sex with them there. Was it? Uh, whereas, yeah. yeah, it's frowned oh. upon. If you're working for a company that won't let you boink your wife in front of everybody in the office in the middle of the day, that's not a company you want to be working for. Yeah. I saw the dumbest damn thing. <laughs> and I'm not, we're not leaving until I talk. No, about wait, this. no. Cause if this is, if this is the hardware store story, I want you to save this for next week. We're going to lead oh, off with this. I no. promise. Okay. 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 Show number 83 of the Dave and Steve show. I am Dave. Sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away, is Steve. Nestled. Nestled right alongside me. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I was thinking about going to that kangaroo zoo that's north of here. Have you guys been there? Is is there a kangaroo zoo? I I have got to go to that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to that later, I bet. Well, uh, yeah, I've got it on my list. It, it says right here, ask Tracy about the kangaroo zoo. So, yeah, I've got it covered. Don't worry about it. Hey, uh, as you heard right at the end of last week's show, Steve desperately wanted to tell us a story. We didn't have a chance to get to the story because we had two fantastic people on from Flourishing Capital. I'm going to forget their names, but I believe it was Eric and Stefan. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Well so well. we had them on. If you if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to it, especially if you've ever wondered anything at all about cryptocurrency. If you know a little bit about it and want to know more, if you know a lot about it but think there might be something you're missing, or if you you were like me and you didn't really know much of anything, go back, listen to that episode, because they were fantastic, and they sort of broke it all down and explained how cryptocurrency and everything around it, including nfts and mining and all the extra stuff works so Steve right and if you ever wanted somebody like that interviewed by people who really didn't know anything and you if you're a listener of this show you might know who we're talking about you yeah. might not yeah but that's exactly what you want you want somebody to explain it to you like you're a kindergartner yeah explain it to me like i'm five please steve what is the hardware story oh okay so i've been telling the story I don't know, two, like a week and a half. It, it's, it's absolutely, it floored me what was going on with, okay, I, I go to the hardware store in the middle of the day. You know, it's, it's, it's McClendon's, right? It's the good one. It's, it's the one where the people know what's going on. They know how to fix everything. You know, pretty much everybody in the store knows how to do everything. It's, it's, it's like the local brewery of hardware stores it's it's you can count on it the quality is high and people know what they're doing yeah yeah i, I have not had a i've not had a bad experience at mcclendon's okay I, I'm, hang on i'm gonna stop you here because here's the problem we go through this every week you're talking into the microphone with your ear effectively you've got your face completely turned away from the microphone you have set yourself up in such a way to record this podcast to where you have a you have your screen that shows us, and you want to look at us, but you put that screen off to the side of the microphone, so you're effectively turning your head to tell your story like this, and nobody can hear you. Put your face up to the mic and tell the story. Fine. How's this? Is it not better? Like it's not going to work for you? That's perfect. Now you're nailing it. The rest of the night is going to sound like this. So... I, I, for real, I, I have not had a bad experience at McClendon's. Uh, McClendon's uh, has been great. It's, it's always good. In fact, this story, even this story, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say is horrible because I, I really, I feel like I got something out of it. 
I, I went to the back. I had to, I had to buy one piece of lumber. I had to buy a four by four by eight foot treated piece of, it's a post. Yeah. It's right? a post. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It is in the top 10 of, of lumber that you're going to buy. It's in the top 10 of lumber that anybody in the world buys. So this is four by four by eight pressure treated lumber. Right. 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 And it, 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 I cannot stress how common this is. Right. So I go, I, I pay for it and I drive around back um, in the, in the pickup truck and it's my son's pickup truck. Um, <laughs> Great. Just, okay. Just want to make sure everybody gets the credit that they're due. Yeah. Um, and that's the loading area, right? So I'm just, I'm going to throw this in the back and we're going to need to put a flag on it, a little red flag to make sure it's safe. And, um, that'll be that. So I present the loading ticket to the guy back there. It's, it's, you know, like mid to late twenties, something kid. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. Kid to me because I'm in my forties and you know, dressed well, clean, clean shaven, you know, just looks like, looks a like a, just a regular schmo that you'd see just a, you know, whatever I hand it. Well, he manages a cover band in his part-time. Right. Probably. Right. Yeah. In the he evenings. Does. Like, yes, I, anyway. you know, could have been any of us and I hand it to him and he walks right by the four by four by eight, um, posts and i'm i'm like oh maybe he knows maybe he knows something i don't where the where the good ones are yeah maybe right and there's a Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of them sometimes it's a little sparse there's not they're not there not this time there's like a whole pallet full of them right there and he walks right by it and i i walk up to it and i i uh i kind of point to it and i said i uh i think these are these are the ones i'm after and He's looking for a tag and he says, I, I can't see if this is what the, if this is what it is. And that confuses me because I know what it is. Right. Yeah. Right. right. It's, it's not like anybody, like, you, you know, yeah, and this, this is one of those items where it is the description of what it is. It is. It's four <laughs> by four and eight four. foot long. And there it is. And it's not, this is a no brainer. Right. And it's right here. And I need one and I've paid for it. Like, I know what it is. I paid for it. They, I paid correctly for it. He doesn't need to get a price check on it and have me pay for it again. He just needs to know what it is. And he's looking for it to make sure that that's what it, and it, and it takes a minute and I'm a little confused, but okay. He's like, well, if you know that this is what it is. And I said, I do, I do know, I know it. (laughs) And, and I'm, I'm willing to bet a lot of money on it <laughs> and I'm happy. Like, okay. Okay. So I pick it up and I put it in the back and he said, you're probably going to need a, a flag for it. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll need a, just a safety flag. And they have them. They have little um, red pieces of plastic. They pull down. Yeah. You just kind of tear them off. And, yep. Yep. And, and you're done. Well, not today, not today. Uh, today he goes and he gets the flag like he knows where they are and he grabs the staple gun like he knows what it is. He doesn't, he doesn't know what it is, but he knows those two things go together somehow. He does. He does. And he, he knows that that flag plus post plus staple equals they can go now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He understands, right. And he takes it, he takes the thing over and he puts the, he puts the, flag up to the back end of the post that's hanging out of the back of the pickup truck your son's pickup truck my son's pickup truck and he puts the stapler up to it like you would but he is gonna miss because he's put the bottom of the stapler um up there and before i can say anything he pulls the trigger and he shoots a staple into the (laughs) back of my kid's truck and he he's surprised right I, yeah i frankly i'm a little surprised okay and um and he he looks at it he looks at the stapler and um and i'm like okay you know what 
we all we all have those days you know where we yeah those two bottles of cough syrup days where it's hard to get it's hard to work well, yeah. well he missed by a lot okay and then he takes it and he takes the stapler and he puts the top of it against it and before i can say anything he pulls the trigger again bang sending another staple out into the <laughs> out into the alleyway parking ting 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 yeah and then he takes it out and he looks at it and <laughs> I think after staple number two, I said, everything all right? Everything all right over there? <laughs> hey, buddy, everything all right over there? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he pulls it back and he takes it, he takes a hard look at it. And mm -hmm. I said, uh, I think the and he and then he he puts it on again, right? He's he five seconds from taking a bite out of soap right now oh yeah 100 percent. he puts it up against the side of it aiming it again out someplace else and he pulls the he pulls the thing back and shoots another staple gone and he is absolutely baffled but <laughs> and I, frankly i am looking around wondering when i'm gonna have to sign a video release to be on the hidden camera yeah, show yeah, yeah. because this is this is like crazy and i'm wondering this this guy this guy is hiding his drug use yeah he's he's high Very and hiding well. yeah. he has got to be and and like not not like marijuana like this is like you know the, this like, is mushrooms mushrooms or something. yes but he's but he i do not understand this and he goes one more time and he points it right at me. I'm like, Hey buddy, I'll take it from here. I got it. I got it. I got it. Before he sends one into my chest. Yeah, exactly. Right, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stop him right there. And I take That'll it. That'll need a different release signed. Yeah. I, think. I, I take it from him and, and I, I said, okay, so the staples come out the top right here. And they go right in, boom, and I'm done. And I, and I cannot get into the truck fast enough because I don't know how many more times he's going to pull the trigger on that staple gun. Yeah. I, it, guys, it was so confusing to me to watch that happen uh, at, at a place that I trust everybody to know how to use a staple gun. Dave, when, when you got your job at that, um, at that exercise place, they sat you, they, during your interview, they sat tools in front of you and, and they asked you to identify what those were. And I, I think, I don't think he would have passed that test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. I, I mean, it is, it is having the most simple of tasks. It's like, it's like you're sitting down to make nachos and you have the chips and you have the cheese and you have the plate, you have everything that you need. And then you watch somebody turn the plate upside down. And begin sprinkling cheese on the, the back side of the plate before putting the chips on top. Like doing it completely wrong, even though they were so close. The, he would have, like, if, the, if this would have been a hammer and nail thing, um, I don't know if he would have got the nail the right direction. Or right. If, yeah. if he would have just used the, 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 the handle to knock it in. I, yeah. That is, that is, you could probably, he is on, he's on, this is a TikTok thing, probably just like we were saying, or he's on Apple podcast is dumb hardware guy, uh, podcast where he tells stories about where he was, uh, deliberately obtuse. Yeah. I and he's actually a, uh, uh, aerospace engineer, um, in the area. I hope so. I, I, I honestly hope so. I, I, I really do because I, it confused me. To the point where I literally had to get my staple gun and show my son how dumb this was, and hit, because I, it just didn't translate right. And then I sh then I, I told Wendy she didn't quite she didn't quite put it together until the next day when I said, "Hey, let me just walk you through this." Again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, "Oh my god!" So you're saying Wendy couldn't really get a job at McClendon's? Is what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, I is, think it is. I, I didn't do a very good job with my words the first time. And then when I showed her, she realized absolutely how stupid it was because it was. I, it I will say this, though. I will. So you've, you've reminded me, like, 
there is something so comforting and relieving when you are at like a hardware store, especially one of the big box chain hardware stores, and you need something and you don't know what you need or exactly why you need it or what it's for. You're holding apart from a washing machine. You got to have, you know, you got to have it. You don't know what it does. And you get that, that person who knows their shit. Oh, and yeah. they, oh yeah, just come right over here. I'll show you how to do it. Now there's a, what you want to do is once you put that in, put that screw right there. And when you twist that, it's going to just lock into place. Like there is something, uh, a rush of just warmth. And, and this is everything oh, yeah. that's right with humanity happens. You can't pay those people enough. Yeah. No, yeah. To, to, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're not just giving you information. They're giving you peace of mind, maybe uh, the ability to sleep through the night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when you get the exact opposite of that, it is so frustrating and maddening. Oh, oh, it's absolutely like it it rattles you to your core yeah. Yeah. because I've had so many good um, moments with with people, good professionals there at that at yeah. that store. I've been to other McClendon's and I've had great um, service at those stores. But but at that store in particular, there's a guy that you can you can walk back there and you can you can hold your finger up like this and say, Hey, it's a, it's a wood screw. It's about like that. And he can get you the screw. Yeah. He can, yeah, he yeah. can get you the nut or bolt or whatever. And he can tell you what it is, all that stuff. You know, they'll, they will walk you through all that stuff. I don't get that a lot of the big box stores, but then to have your, your, it, it, the one, one asshole in, in the lumber yard, can bring it all crashing down well you know and you just you're describing it for listeners that aren't familiar with this area mcclendon's is sort of an independent hardware store that where service and and following through is kind of what they do they yeah. are they are in 20 yeah. years people will be talking about how mcclendon's doesn't exist anymore because and and thinking nostalgically about this wonderful place so what you're describing is unique there it's it is it's and unique in the world actually it's what youtube used to be right <laughs> it's what it's what that's you'd go there to figure out what you have to do yeah you describe it to um the uh the next person that you walked that walked by with an apron it didn't matter who they were you you mentioned what it was and they'll be like oh yeah you need to you, you need to fix the fence this way. You know, okay, know. so so that was your that was your stapler hardware store story. Now, when I prepped you today and said, "Hey, just reminder because we talked about this last week, we want to lead off with the hardware store story." You said, "If that one falls through or doesn't live up to expectations, I got a backup hummingbird story." I'm not here to judge whether or not that first story did or did not live up to expectations. Spoiler alert, it didn't. But I did want to ask, what's the hummingbird story? I'm super excited for all the uh, all the emails we're gonna get about how dumb that hardware <laughs> store was. I if you were in the car with me, ladies and gentlemen. Well, first of all, it was a pickup. It was your son's. Give him credit. It was my. Yeah. If you were in my son's your... pickup with me, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. First of all, it would have been a weird day, but um, but you you would you would understand. You'd have the you'd have the gravitas of the whole thing. The hummingbird story. Uh, my wife and I walked into the garage. Um, we were going to go someplace and getting, getting ready to plant that four by four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, went and we opened the, the big garage door, right. Uh, with the, with the machine and something scared a hummingbird in our garage. And immediately I'm accused of leaving the garage door open and letting this hummingbird in. And I, uh, I. So you attest that the hummingbird who? was you... who accused you? <laughs> someone. 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 You mean someone not worthy of working at McClendon's? Is that what you're saying? Someone <laughs> who is... couldn't work at a hardware store that accused is... you of leaving the door open. That's what those I'm. Are, that's from here. Those hearing. are words being jammed in my mouth, and that is not the, what I said. Um, what What happened was the the door opened and now this hummingbird is in the house not in the house in the garage and it won't fly out and that is a problem because they will tire themselves out in a garage because they won't fly lower than the door this is because of course i go on youtube i'm like how do you get a hummingbird out of your garage <laughs> 
Let me tell you how much time I wasted um, learning how not to get a hummingbird. Out it's, of a, it's the stapler kid from the hardware store with a YouTube on how to get a hummingbird out of the garage. <laughs> you shoot it with the staple gun. He's got a ladder and he's got he's got a, <laughs> yeah. he's got a plunger. He's like, they'll fly into the plunger. Just swinging a four by four all around the garage, <laughs> banging into things. Yeah, so you were you were you were texting us at the time that you were trying to figure out how to do this. Oh my god! Of course, I'm, I'm like, hey, maybe these guys know how to get a hummingbird yeah. out of the garage. Yeah. They don't. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that don't. common thing. Yeah, we um, didn't really didn't offer very uh, helpful advice. Now, I, I I I should have given a little bit of background. I I kind of I did cause this problem because I have started feeding the hummingbirds with these hummingbird feeders around my house because I thought they were really cool. Mm-hmm. Now I know they are just tiny crackheads yeah. that will buzz me. Oh yeah. Until I feed them, they will buzz me when I go outside and they, they will. And I, the first time I, I thought it was really cool. Like they were, Oh, they're communicating with me. They're outside the window. No, they are intimidating me. Yeah. They're all going to fly in formation around my head and like with their little needle faces and, like stab me in the eyes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Them but, and dolphins, just just uh, nature's assholes. Anyway, go ahead. Dolphins. Um, so it's flying around. It's it's driving me absolutely crazy. And when Wendy's throwing her arms up, she's like, "You deal with it. Uh, I have to go in." She's she's on a call. Yeah, because I think Wendy. Not listen. Wendy's an animal lover. I'm an animal lover. But I also think Wendy's wired a little like me in that. After a certain point, you just go and get a badminton racket, you smack the thing, and you shove it in a hole in the backyard, and you walk away. Like I did not have a badminton racket. <laughs> if I, I would have, I did. I, uh, I, I, I had didn't to, even think of that. I did have a, I did have a rake. Right? They. You're really more of a croquet guy, aren't you? I, I don't have any croquet. I have some hibachi oh. set, but that's I'm not <laughs> no, that wouldn't really balls work. around my <laughs> garage. Oh my gosh, getting this thing and it was flying around. They will die in a matter of a couple of hours because they will poop themselves out and and they they have to eat. So now I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to feed this thing in the garage or it's gonna die. So I'm inside, I'm in and out of the garage, I'm 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 cooking up. Uh, hummingbird food meth hummingbird meth <laughs> yeah, bird, yeah. Hummingbird meth. i'm cooking up um a, a big red bowl of crack for these yeah. uh, hummingbirds and while i'm out there i'm looking at videos and it's like this is how i did it um and there, people are like tying like colorful things onto uh, you know broom handles and holding them up and they land on them and then they take them out um this one lady swears that all you need is a rake and you put the rake up and if you get it close enough, nice and slow, they'll land on it and you just move them outside. No, I've never seen them land on anything. Oh yeah. They, they land, they, they have feet. Um, I doubt it. They have, they have little, little feet, little tiny feet. And, uh, I, <laughs> I ended up putting a bunch of red wrap around this, uh, around this, uh, rake. And, I held it up there and finally it landed on the rake and I almost got it out. Nope. No. Wendy's inside playing on the Xbox right now. Totally. She's so done with all this stuff. And so I run inside, I get one of the feeders and I hang the feeder in the, in the, in the garage, just low enough that it has to come down and then, and then maybe it could fly out and it, it won't, it won't even see it. It's just, it's flying around it, but it won't see it. And so I, I put the hummingbird feed. This is two and a half hours into this ordeal, right? And you're thinking um, it should be dead by now. I thought it would be. I yeah. hung it up in the air um, even higher. And then it it came in at eight, right? Um, and and it took a long, long, long drink. Like I, I could almost see the line on the thing go down as it's as it's drinking and yeah. folding space and time with with its belly. And and uh, now it's flying around again, and I'm like, great. I just reset the clock yeah, on how long totally. this little bat is going to live. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. And now it needs to take a little break because it's a little bit, it's a little bit syrup drunk on, on this stuff, and it's just sitting on the, on the line in my garage. I'm like, God, how am I going to get this thing out of here? So I, put, I, I get around to finally putting the thing, the feeder on the rake, and I hold it up, 
and it flies around, it lands on it and it starts to drink again. And I'm like, okay. And I take it, I take it down just low enough and it flies out. And I could not get that garage door shut faster. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's going to fly right back in. It, this is the first time this has ever happened to me, but um, I hate hummingbirds. Now. Well, we will get the occasional hummingbird where I live, but I don't, I don't know enough about hummingbirds. Uh, are they, do they, because they always seem to me to be not tropical birds, but warm weather birds because they're so tiny and frail. It doesn't seem like they would do well in cold weather. Do they stick around all winter? I doubt they migrate. I mean, well, I'm not uh, saying migrate, but I mean, as far as like, do they? Do, I don't. Yeah, they're around. Like, okay. I have to, I have to keep those hummingbird feeders warm. Like, I will, I will take one of those uh, chemical heaters that you shake up and and the with the shavings in it, and I will, um, I'll tape it to the bottom of a hummingbird feeder so that it'll keep the it'll keep the liquid just warm enough so it's not freezing so that they can dip into it and and eat because if you don't that's the thing if you don't if you don't they all die and don't fly into your garage yeah <laughs> yeah that's what I'm you not, do. but i i can't that this is my bailiwick now this is this is what i gotta do i am now the feeder of hummingbirds i guess the question i have is in all that time that you were screwing with the hummingbird in the garage did wendy sort out the stapler did she figure out how to use it she she knows how to use a stapler. oh okay all right you, she, you implied she didn't. That's why I was yeah. saying that. What you definitely what she described didn't it. Understand? Like I wasn't. Like it was hard for me to. Sh I I could not explain to her how he was doing it wrong because it's such a wrong thing to think. Sure. No, I get it totally. Yeah. You yeah. think she'll buy that? Yep. Uh, Tracy, what'd you do last week? Well, one of the. Uh, it's November in the Puget Sound area, and. Uh, if you don't know what that's like, it means that um, we have uh, weather events called atmospheric rivers that come in. Yep. So it's um, and uh, so a lot of rain comes in and a lot of wind comes in. And Sunday we lost power. So uh, we had just gotten home from uh, church and I already made peace with God. So I was ready to die at that point. So it's fine. And so um, the power had gone out and I thought, well, I could uh, be home with my family all day in a house with no power or. I could go ride my bike in the wind and the rain all day until it gets dark. And I did that instead, which I enjoyed far, far, far better, even though the power went on about 10 minutes after I had left. But um, <laughs> so I, I, I rode about 60 miles on my uh, bicycle that day. And here's a surprise for you. Not even in the Puget Sound area where people love being fit and using some of the trails and the exercise areas that uh, uh, we have. Um, I was one of the only ones that was out that day and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was really brutal. It was gnarly. My, my daughter had a soccer match. Uh, so we had to, it's one thing if you're a kid and you're running around in that stuff or like you on a bike where you're burning calories and generating a little heat. If you're yeah. just standing on the sideline and the driving <laughs> sideways rain and wind and, there's there's we had such bad flooding around here i mean we're not talking just a little sprinkle or the typical seattle mist that we're known for this was a this was flooding in various towns and people losing homes and things getting swept away and all that so this i just i'm not saying that to be a downer i'm saying that so that you understand what kind of storm tracy was out riding a bike in and when you said bike i assumed motorcycle and then you no, you it's a bicycle it. yeah you said bicycle yeah. Bicycle, I yeah, because there, there was no way I was going to take my motorcycle out on that. So bicycle got out, hit the trails. I I went uh, just north of Issaquah from my house. So if, if you can imagine that it's along uh, uh, the uh, East Lake Sammamish area, and so there's a linking trails that will just take me just as far as the trails will go. And then when it stopped, I turned the bike around and said, "Well, I'll try to race the sun home," and I was able to and. I don't know. You beat the sun? Yeah, I beat the sun uh, home, and uh, then I got home, and I decided I would uh, take a shower after having probably burned somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 calories that day. So did 
I'm envisioning you getting home from church and hopping on the bike and going, were you in your church clothes when you did this? Because well, awesome. I mean, yeah, being what, how I, <laughs> but to yeah, be not... fair, he wears a full Lycra suit to church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a very progressive, uh, yeah, it's a very progressive church. So do you, um, drift? do you drift in church? Do you, do, I, do you all get in the line and, Hey. I think uh, I think uh, what I did is I did uh, change out pants, but I think I left everything uh, north of the belt pretty much the okay. same. It may have uh, gone um, gone with uh, some uh, a couple more layers, but uh, I moved pretty quickly because I saw the writing on the wall. Uh, if if somebody had said, "Hey, we should play a board game," that would have been too late. Yeah, and I needed to get out before somebody started rummaging through the closet <laughs> with whatever spare light that we had. So I, I was out of there. So I, I, I meant drafting, not drifting. Drifting is... is oh, I'm sure, yeah. I, I'm new to this church, but I think they, they do that too. They do drafting? Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad you didn't have to play a board game. Yeah. Um, I'm, thank you so much. Yeah, it was, it was, it was close, but, uh, but uh, you know, I got by it. We all faced a lot of uh, trials and tribulations during the week. That was mine. Speaking mm -hmm. speaking of games, go ahead, Steve. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say when, board games. Wendy and I just bought um, Go. Oh yeah. We've never we've never played that. We don't we don't even know how to play it. We just got it, and now we're going to learn how to do that. And I didn't know if either one of you have done that. I have no clue what you're even talking about with Go. It's like a little black and white um, pebbles. It's I think it's a I think it's a Chinese game. All right. Is it like Othello or something or no, no, no. That's a, uh, that's, that's a middle East game or a, or a Eastern. Was region. that the wrong part of Asia? This Asia is, is a big th con. This is the point. This is the point of the podcast where I get angry. This is where I start to get a little pissed off because I can actively hear people switching over to other podcasts. Go seems like it's going to be a fun game. So we, we got Go because we saw it on a TV show that we really like uh, called uh, Counterpart, which turned out to be an awesome show. But that's and they had a little documentary in it about crappy games. <laughs> no, 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 that no, no. The, the, that's uh, what it sounded like to me. The character plays it, um, and, and and the opening sequence has a lot to do. It's a very it's a very cool strategy game, and and. And counterpart is a is a spy. I guarantee uh, you, it's not better than the Dave and Steve show board game. Oh I yeah, guarantee. That's way I would have played that. It would that. be hard to top the Dave and Steve show. My kids game. lost a lot of the parts in that one. Yeah, I got a couple of angry kids, and when they started to lose, they threw some stuff. So I mean, we we're we're getting close to taking a break. Maybe we'll hear from them as our sponsor. But I did want to say on the on the subject of games. So I I work for a video game company, and this past week we released the first part, the first portion of a little game we call Halo. Uh, Halo Five is on its way. The actual campaign for Halo Five releases early December, but the multiplayer released early, and there, it's 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 great. Here's what I will say: high high production values, fantastic. My son loves it. I am now of the age that I can't enjoy those games i can't enjoy any kind of multiplayer game specifically first person shooters because i'm old i'm an old man with old man reflexes now i have crossed that precipice i embrace it i understand it somebody online suggested why don't they do the equivalent of the masters in golf you get to a certain point in golf you're you're a little bit older you can't drive the ball as far as you used to you can't do the things you used to do so they have what is effectively a, I don't know the age, I don't know the masters, 60 and older, something something to the equivalent of that, where you have to be over a certain age in order to play in the masters. They need a, a masters server for all of us to be able to go in and play these games and enjoy them. Because, I listen, I've worked in video games for 25 years. I have played games for the better part of my life, starting with the Atari 2600 in the yeah. early 80s. I know video games. I've played a lot of video games. I get in those games now, and it's, I don't know why I've died. I'm dead, and all I heard was a quick shot. It is like real life. Like, if, if you were to, you know, just get mugged in real life, and somebody just came up behind you and put a gun in the back of your head, you'd hear a brief half-split second of a bang, and then you'd just be on the ground. And that's me in these games now. I'm just laying on the ground. I don't know why I died. I don't know where it came from. 
You've I already respawn. respawned before you figure Correct. out what's going on. I right. respawn some little shit that's probably 12 years old, 13 years old, has some crazy gun. I don't even know where he got it from. This The game has literally been out a half an hour. I'm playing it with these people who are in armor that I don't... It feels like they would have had to play it for 10 years to acquire this armor, these weapons, every... I'm running around with my little pistol trying to six-gun any people in the face as much as I can. I'm just getting shot left and right. I was... I, you don't need to know how the scoring works or anything like that, but let's let's just put it like this. The top scorer in the game has around 8,000 points, let's just say. I finished a match with 150 points. I had 150 mm -hmm. points at the end of the match, and the, the person closest to me after that was probably in, like think, like the mid-3,000s. So there was a wide chasm. Dave, now you know what it was like to play video games with you 20 years ago. <laughs> Deal with that. Sure. Just Just... Just suck on that for a little while. I So Call of Duty is this game, right? It's this war game, and, and they have this... If you don't know anything about games, it doesn't matter. They have this mode called Battle Royale. And the whole idea behind Battle Royale is it's everybody against everybody, it, depending on the mode, but in the one I'm talking about, everybody against everybody, as you shoot people and as people die, there's a ring, and the ring starts to close. And if you're outside of the ring, you take damage. So you got to stay inside the ring. And they're effectively forcing you down s into a smaller and smaller area so that by you you can't go and just hide somewhere forever or the ring will no eventually camping. consume you and sure. you will die yeah. but you can hide for a long time and i hide in the corner of buildings scared to death because i know the moment that i step out of the building and i'll hear footsteps and my heart will start racing and again i've played all the games i've played horror games i've played every other kind of game you can think of i get terrified because i know that I'm not going to have a chance. I'm going to have no... I might as well not have a weapon. I might as well be running around in my underpants with no armor of any kind whatsoever. Fact, having a weapon is humiliating. Yes, it totally is. It, yes. Yeah. Because it's not going to do me any good. And so I step out of a door. I get shot from some direction. The game's over. And now it's back to me loading in for another five minutes while I wait for the lobby to fill up and all that kind of... It's just not fun anymore. So no, it's it's true. I I was playing uh, a game with my kids, and we were just playing on the land, just a yeah. little deathmatch game, just you know, just for an hour to kill. And and they were they were they were like on like some like chat talking to each other where I wasn't on it, and they were just laughing at yeah. like how easy it was to kill me. And <laughs> my and, son, uh, my son played a game where. There's at, at a certain point in the game, rockets get fired across the map. So my son showed me this clip where he got on one of the rockets. And then while he was on the rocket, headshotted a person who was running across the map while he rode the rocket because he saw somebody do it on YouTube. And so he wanted to do it as well. I then proceeded to spend the next three days playing every single night just trying to get on the rocket. I couldn't get on the rocket because nine times out of 10, I was shot and killed before the rockets even launched. And if the rockets did launch and I was still alive, I had no idea how the little bastard got on the rocket to begin with. I couldn't get well, on the let rocket. Let alone headshotting Correct. somebody while oh, on it. Yeah, Correct. That, your kid might get a scholarship someplace. Probably while drinking a Mountain Dew with his other hand. Like one handing the controller right. oh, yeah. headshot. Yeah, yeah. So... And it is, he's not alone. Like all of his friends play that way. They're all, it's, it's just, it is the, it is the old person. I shouldn't even say man. Cause it's with women too. It's the old person reflex versus that young 13 year old. There's also, there's that side of it where at our age, you got a lot of things to worry about. And at least of which has the dog been fed? Have my kids been fed? Is the mortgage going to get paid this month? You have lots of things. When you're 13, and your homework's done, you have nothing else to think about in the world except for who am I going to shoot next? Where are they coming from? What's the best weapon? Is this the right weapon? If it's not, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to do the min-max to try and figure out which weapon is the best in this Like, mm -hmm. that game is all you care about. And so... Think about if you if you quit your job and got rid of all these other stresses. Uh, it's not a bad idea. You I should do that. You could be pretty good. Before we went on the air, Tracy, Steve, and I were saying at a certain point in our lives, we will we will alienate everybody around us. It's going to happen. And it will yeah. be the three of us living in a three-bedroom apartment together and recording the podcast in our pre-setup studio that sits in the middle of the living room floor in our three-bedroom apartment. 
So maybe that's the answer. Maybe I just need to get there sooner. Yeah. And all the pre-show prep will be exactly the same. It'll be us texting each other from our bedrooms. Yeah, totally. And then we'll just wander out about showtime and then listen to till Steve gets his mic working. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, right. we're gonna we're gonna take a real quick break. Steve, you look like you had one more thing to say. I I wanted to know if is there going to be um like a multiplayer co-op mode because I I'm maybe one of the seven people on the planet that still likes to do that and like Wendy and I will like to play that way. So you're specifically uh, talking split screen? No, no, and we don't even need to do split screen now. We can. Oh, co-op yeah. is when you have like a group assignment in college and you're the one that's not the very good student and everyone else is going to do most <laughs> of the work. We just want to uh, do, we want to do story mode together is what we want to do. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't make Halo. I don't know. I, don't, I got people I can ask. I'll find out for you, Steve. We're going to take right. a quick break. We'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show. John Tortello Games and the Dave and Steve Show Fun Factory proudly present the hottest new game on the market. The official Dave and Steve Show board game. Set up the board, grab the dice, and take on the exciting role of middle-aged men pretending to be radio personalities at home as you recreate all of your favorite Dave and Steve Show moments. One, two, three, Four. Oh, neat! I landed on the what did you do last week square. Time to draw a card and find out what exciting stuff I get to talk about. It says allergies acting up. That's kind of lame. I'm going to draw again. Yard work? Hang on, let me try one more. Crockpot recipes? Oh, what the f***? Nothing recreates the sadness of three aging has-beens living out their radio fantasies quite like the official Dave and Steve Show board game. One, two, three. Uh-oh. Draw a technical difficulties card. I wonder what that will be. Internet problems? Bad mic? Oh, shoot! My webcam isn't working. Back two squares I go. And the official Dave and Steve Show board game is fun for the whole family. Watch out, Dad. You're about to land on... Oh, no. I landed on the body rash square. I guess we know what you'll be talking about the next three turns. The Dave and Steve Show board game comes with everything you need. Just strap on the plastic Dave and Steve Show headphones. Toy headphones, not functional. Grab your Dave and Steve Show microphone. Toy microphone does not work. And roll the dice to see who will be first to hit fame and fortune. Let's see. It looks like I get to book a guest. Time to draw a guest card. Oh, I hope it's someone famous. It says here, you reach out to a C-list celebrity, but they never email you back. Lose two turns. Huh? That's weird. That's what all these guest cards say. So race out today to your favorite gaming store, department store, or wherever high-quality board games are sold, and ask for the official Dave and Steve Show board game. You'll be glad you did. Hi, this is Steve of the Dave and Steve Show. Believe me when I tell you that the official Dave and Steve Show board game is the best Dave and Steve Show board game you can buy. Or my name isn't Steve of the Dave and Steve Show, makers of the hit board game, the official Dave and Steve Show board game. Hey everybody, let's order some Wild Horse Pizza and play another round! Yeah! yeah! So you tuned in this far and you're wanting to hear more macroeconomic discussions about the valuations of currency, both fiat and crypto. You're probably wanting to explore the full impact that the blockchain can have, and not just on financial transactions or the authenticity of unique items, but possibly on the different aspects of the true identity of individuals. Look, the crew here at the Dave and Steve Show, we're savvy and curious. We have as much desire to know about the mysteries of the blockchain as much as we do the practicality of pooping your pants to achieve a record time in a marathon. That's just who we are. And if you're honest, it's probably who you are too. This has been Tracy's buckle up for some more middle school humor minute. That's what makes us the enigma that we are. That is what yeah. makes us amazing is that 
we have range, as Tracy often says. We have range on this show. It's a, it's a, it's quite remarkable. I'm not just patting myself on the back. I, I had a discussion with somebody at uh, so a little company called Amazon Music that we're, I was uh, going back and forth with describing this show, and uh, it was hard to describe it because we're just so amazing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I completely. That way it was agree. hard to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> just wait until they hear about this staple gun. This is gonna oh, and the hummingbird. Yeah, oh, yeah they're gonna. They're, they cannot. They will. They will cancel our asses right off. Although Amazon. I kind of Steve, now I kind of want to trap a hummingbird in your garage, and you and I get a couple of staple guns and see who can take it down first. Oh, I I'm a dead eye with a staple gun. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really good. I've uh, I've. I've taken the staple gun apart and added a little extra power. Until our kids come riding through on skateboards and headshot the hummingbird from 20 yards away. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, uh, we that first segment went a long time, thanks to Steve's stories. So we're going to keep things moving, find out what Tracy has in the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza. It's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, the journey back to Earth from space is never easy, but the astronauts aboard the SpaceX capsule coming home last Monday will have an extra challenge to deal with. No working toilet. The four members on the SpaceX crew, Dragon Endeavor, will be wearing diapers as they splash down in order to prevent anything else from splashing too. Does it say, I'm sorry, maybe you said this and I missed it. Does it say how long they're going to have to be like, how, how long do they be from the last time they get to use the toilet until the splashdown? Yeah. So this is uh, the SpaceX capsule is currently scheduled to undock from the international space station on Monday afternoon and return Monday night, although all of it uh, is dependent on weather. So all in all, the four crew members could spend up to 20 hours in wow. the capsule from the time that the hatches are closed until they open again on Earth. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, I can go, so my mom is about six hours away. And if I go, if I use the facilities right before I get in the car, I can I can make the full trip as long as I don't stop and get anything to drink or anything like that, of course, I can make the whole trip without needing to stop even at a rest area. But that's about my limit. Six hours is about my limit. And by the time I get there, I'm usually, I usually, it's time. I got to use the bathroom. But, and I, I just go in and just shit up my mom's apartment. That's what I love to do is just, hey, mom, nice big hug. And then just the biggest colossal dump in her toilet. No, I'm just saying <laughs> by, that, by that point, I usually have to pee. And so I, I, I do. I walk in, I give her a kiss on the cheek, and then I say, I got to use the bathroom real quick. So I can make reminds, it there, but I can't do 20. That reminds me of uh, a couple of Christmases ago. Well, several Christmases ago where my uh, brother-in-law had come over. And so we're greeting everybody as they arrive for Christmas. And the first thing he says to me is, um, I hope your shitter has a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because nothing says happy birthday jesus quite like that it does here you go merry christmas yeah i uh I, I my bladder has gotten very small of late and i i i find myself having to i have to uh go number one a lot more number two i think i get i can make it to 20 hours but uh but number one Definitely, like, but I don't understand why they can't just send everybody up with like Gatorade bottles if if you could if you could use it if yeah. you can use a Gatorade bottle, maybe Steve, you just use a Gatorade bottle. Steve and Tracy, you you know this person that I'm about to talk about, but I'm not going to mention names. <clears throat> I'll I'll tell you who it is off the air or something. But we have a mutual acquaintance who I have stopped three times driving on the highway so that this man can take a dump in the woods. Because <clears throat> he has to go all the time. And it's not just number two. I have stopped a dozen times so that he can go number one on the side of the road. I don't know if it's something about just the way his body is made up. Like he just, he has to vacate more than a typical human out of, out of both sides. I don't know. Or if he just times this poorly. But I, there, was, there was one where 
we were on, we were coming back. I can tell you where we we're coming back from. We were coming back from Leavenworth. We were on Stevens Pass, which is a precarious stretch of highway. It is windy. Sure. It yeah. is elevated. It is gnarly. Not a lot of places to pull over. <laughs> it was in the winter. It was snowy. You, it, you know, there's, there's on your top 100 places to go to the bathroom on the side of the road. It's not anywhere near in there. Yeah, and right. and he was like, and he's not. He would never ever do something like this just to mess with me. He was serious, but he was like, "Man, you got to pull over. I got to go. I got. It's. I. I have to right now." So I pulled over as best I could, and he trudged through the snow behind a couple of trees and a little while later emerged and got back in and we continued on our journey in this blinding blizzard that we were in because I, I'm over exaggerating. It wasn't a blizzard, but it was snowing. And it, this is, this is what he does. And so I, I just feel Steve, maybe I'm going to hit where you hit. I don't know where eventually it's, but for now I can make it to mom's house. That's well, all that matters. I'm glad you savor that because, uh, you know, three times in the middle of the night is, is not a lot. Like I have to, I literally have to time. Like I can't, like I really have to go when I wake up in the morning, but I, if I go at home, um, before I go to the gym, then I will need to pee in the middle of my swimming and I'm not going to go in the pool and I don't want to get out of it. Cause if I get out of the pool, I'm not getting back into the pool. Yeah. My kids so, just shared with me a statistic about how, how what's the average amount of urine in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Is that's, that why even go, that's why I'm the first one in, Tracy. I don't understand how many times I have to tell you people. Right. But the only reason I go super early in the morning is to is because I don't get to imagine how many other people are in there peeing, and I it's not me, but I do know that um, you know toward the end of the day on a summer's day. Um, you're, you're, it's more lemonade than I will. I will defiantly just look everybody in the eye. I will march right up to the lifeguard stand, climb right up there. And I will just take a dump right in the water while I look at everybody right in the eye, because I don't care. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that, that share that sentiment. Yeah. At that that gym, especially there's, I'm sure there's people that do it because they feel it's their God given right to do so. Please continue Tracy. Okay. A Chinese food live streamer says he has been blacklisted from a grill buffet restaurant for eating too much. The man, known only as Mr. Kang, told a local Hunan TV station that he has been banned from a local seafood barbecue buffet in his city after a series of binges. He ate 1.5 kilograms of pork trotters during his first visit and 3.5 to 4 kilograms of prawns. I'll do the conversion for you in just a minute. On another visit, and now 1 kilogram is just a little over 2 pounds. Pork trotter, is that is that the the pig basketball team? They were on the Scooby Doo in yeah. the uh really in the 80s. I'm yeah. just I'm just really glad I don't have to take this man home from Stevens Pass. I'm just glad he's not the one in the car with me because <laughs> There, there's, things are going to happen there. I, I will say this though, I think if I if I gun to my head, I would say Italian food is probably my number one in terms of go to food that I love, love, love a good Italian restaurant. But second and a close second is Chinese food. And I, I as we've said many times on the show, I'm not talking like traditional Chinese food. I'm talking the American Szechuan mm-hmm. covered in sugar and deep fried every way you can. But I love American Chinese food. That's the stance I'm taking right here, right uh, now. For me, eating out anymore, the the only food that, like, doesn't make me feel poisoned uh, anymore is nothing sounds more old man than this, especially after the uh, video game (laughs) segment. But no, but it's like Korean food. Korean food, like, I can eat it until I'm just about ready to puke. And then uh, I'm not in the bathroom till the next day. My body loves us. I'm, I'm laughing because tonight we've covered how great it is to get somebody at the hardware store who can help you out. <laughs> we, we've, we've talked about Steve, Steve getting the hummingbird out of his. Uh, Tracy went to church. I have old man reflexes. Then we, we dovetailed that into Steve not being able to. He wakes himself up several times in the night because he has to pee often. Uh, and now we're, we're, we're talking about foods that are a little too spicy for our, our di- digestive system. So 
<laughs> Mr. Kang has said the uh, restaurant is discriminatory against people who can eat a lot. I can eat a lot. Is that my fault? He said, adding that he didn't waste any of the food. But the restaurant owner told the reporters that Mr. Kang is putting him out of pocket. Every time he comes here, I lose a few hundred dollars. <laughs> Even though yeah, like he drinks one milk. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> Even uh, when he drinks soy milk, he can drink twenty to thirty bottles. When he eats pork trotters, he consumes the whole tray of them. And for prawns, usually people use tongs to pick them up, but he uses the whole tray to take them all. I uh, I, I assume this guy, and it, I would say there's probably a fifty-fifty chance this is either somebody who looks exactly as you would you would picture them to. And I'm thinking, for me, I'm thinking, and you don't know him, but I'm thinking of my grandpa Roland, who was well over 300 pounds on his way to 400 pounds. Or he could be one of those guys who is so wiry and slender, but just eats this way. Like that hot right. dog Like the hot dog eating guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is just like not a pound of fat on him, can probably do the thing where he can grab a, a flagpole with both hands and lay himself out sideways like a flag flapping in the wind. Like, so like a... Uh... Eat, eat like a lot of grapes to expand his whole stomach and then like use <laughs> yeah, a laxative yeah, to get yeah. rid of them and then yeah. just slam the hot dogs, if you know what I mean. Is that really the thing? Is that really what is happens? That that's, yeah, that's really, that was his, uh, that was his. Uh, okay, so well hang on. So you, regimen. so you eat a lot of grapes to expand mm -hmm. your stomach. Then you take the laxative at that point to pass the grapes? Yeah, just get, get all the fiber and all that stuff pushed out and then you're all kind of stretched out and ready to go and then. Uh, take in as many uh, wieners as you can. Isn't that what that big fat rat did in Ratatouille? Like he had all those grapes in, and then they then he popped like he just shot them all out of his body. That but that was a cartoon rat. This 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 is not a cartoon man. Yes. Well, I've I've read enough science journals to know that actually happened, uh, oh. but uh, but not in China. Interesting. That well, that'll be the minute for next uh, week. Wonderful. You don't you can't do that. You don't spoil what the minute's gonna be. Uh, I'm lying anyway. Okay. <laughs> we know he's not going to do that as the minute. It's never what we want him to do. Yeah, he's going to do a Dave can't tell me what to do with my minute minute. He'll yeah. do some. He'll do something like that to make me feel bad. Our third story from Anchorage, Alaska. A volcano scientists. I'm sure they have a name, but this journalist didn't say what they were. Volcano, volcano scientists issued an alert Wednesday warning that a cloud of ash from an eruption more than a century ago was headed towards Alaska's Kodiak Island. The ash is from the powerful 1912 eruption um, of a uh, Alaskan volcano on the Alaska Peninsula that dropped volcanic ash that is still visible today. Strong northwesterly winds in the vicinity of the Katmai National Park and Preserve and Valley of 10,000 Smokes on Wednesday kicked up loose volcano ash that uh, went throughout the region and the Pacific Northwest. Valley of 10,000 Smokes. Is that is that a competing fireworks stand place to boom city <laughs> yes I, I think it is actually okay we had i mean <clears throat> you can actually still probably to this day find pockets of ash in various spots up in the hills around mount saint helens we had that that volcanic eruption and i just remember like we, you know we were young but we lived through it the the amount of ash that covered every single square inch of our valley yeah. uh, from from Mount St. Helens. So you're saying, though, that this is from 1912? Yeah, was this was from uh, an ash is from the uh, uh, Nova Rupta, a volcano on the Alaska Peninsula that dropped volcanic ash that is still visible today. So it's still it's still kicking up and it's uh, over 100 years old. You remember when you were a kid and you'd get home from school and make yourself a snack and then turn on PBS so you could watch Nova Rupta? I love yeah. that show. That, that was a good show. Steve, was, where'd uh, you go? I don't know where I don't know what Nova Rupta is. <laughs> it's a volcano. Were you not listening to Tracy? No, no, I was, but I don't, I don't know that show. I, I was that a real show? <laughs> no, it's a Nova. We're oh, just good. <laughs> Because when I words. can't remember something, it kind of it makes me panic for a second. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh my well, God, was that, was that before? You should listen to, uh, to the segments catching on. Yeah. Our fourth story comes to us from Helena, Montana. A little girl who lost a special teddy bear she'd had ever since she was adopted from an Ethiopian orphanage 
She thought it was gone forever, but when she forgot it along the trail of the Glacier National Park last year, her parents and family friends still held on to a glimmer of hope, and hope won out. Thanks to social media plea, the sharp eyes and soft heart of a park ranger, and the closure of a hiking trail because of gl uh, grizzly bear activity on the same day, a family friend visited the park. The teddy bear is now back into the arms of the six-year-old, Naomi Pascal, in Jackson, Wyoming. I was hoping that one of the grizzly bears would have adopted the teddy bear. As That's what I was hoping, too. And, and, and somehow, be this the grizzly bear, before it goes into hibernation, sees one last social media post and says, oh, I'm going to get that bear back to that little girl. And I'm a little more twisted because I was hoping that the family member mistook an actual grizzly bear for the child's bear and brought the grizzly bear home and put it in the room with the child. Here you go. Uh, no, but you guys, both of you, whether you remember or not, you have met my daughter's equivalent of this. My daughter has this little stuffed pig that's called Piggy that she has had. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things that was given to her before she could walk or talk and still sits in her room. Obviously, Piggy's not what Piggy used to be in terms of the bond and, and, and the security behind it. But Piggy still sits in her room to this day, and Piggy has been the bane of my existence. Piggy has been left at parks and shopping malls and grocery stores and every other place. I cannot tell you how many times. And when you're a parent and your child is distraught, even if it's over a stuffed pig, you're, you, you are beside yourself. I, there have yeah. been times where I have been driving 80 miles an hour in pouring rain to get to the city park to try to get Piggy off the bench where he was left before somebody finds Piggy and takes it and we never get to see Piggy again. And so I feel for this family because I totally understand. Now, obviously, I'm, our daughter's not some adopted child from a different country or anything like that. So there's additional layers to this story. I'm just saying when it is that that piece of security, we actually did lose her. She had a security blanket. And here's here's where I'm the professional on the show and bring this all back around. Lost it at Leavenworth, uh, the same place I was bringing the guy back from when he had to take the dump. But uh, maybe maybe he <clears> used that to, <laughs> to wipe out in the woods. Yeah, no. But uh, she left it and and was completely distraught because, again, it was one of those security things. And she took that blanket with her everywhere. And that's the only way she knew how to nap and all that kind of stuff. And we we called for weeks and weeks and weeks. My wife called almost daily. We never got the blanket back. Eventually, she got over it. So fortunate that we got piggyback every Piggyback? Huh? Yeah. So, wow. so fortunate we got piggyback every single time. Yeah, I uh, I still, to this day, I have, uh, uh, I think when I was two or three, I had uh, Freddy Frog. Uh, in my life, uh, the way my life has gone, for me to have anything that's outside of my own body from when I was two or three is quite a miracle. Yeah. And uh, so Freddy Frog sits in my... Um, my my kids room now where they uh they abuse it like uh like i did um but uh uh yeah it's it's an amazing thing when you get that the, the bond the bond is still there not not yeah. quite the security and comfort although uh there's some days where i'm so distraught really only freddie frog really brings me the peace uh, so, that so i want in life i had a security blanket i don't have it anymore i i remember to this day i remember the blanket and i remember that i had a I'd literally sucked on a corner of the blanket. That's how I'd go to sleep is I'd put it in my mouth and kind of teethe on it. Yeah. And I had actually, it was like crusty and not even, didn't even resemble a blanket on that corner anymore because I had, but I don't have that anymore. The thing that I do have, the one thing that I do have from like that childhood day we've talked about on the show, it's sitting, I can see it right where I'm looking right now. And that's the Jimbo Billy Bob's country swing machine. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to that episode and you'll find out. Steve, do you have anything like that, like Tracy's Frog or my country swing machine that you still have from your childhood? Yeah, I, I, I have a teddy bear named Frank. That's it's kicking around my my house. I have a couple other I have a couple other little items that I that I have around. But yeah, I have I have a little box full of little keepsakes in it. Like I have a knife from my uncle Daryl and. Um, it's weird, right? It's weird how, like, we're grown human beings. We don't, we don't need those things anymore. But to Tracy's point, there's still some kind of connection of that time in your childhood, and you, you, 
you don't want to let it go. I mean, you're never going to you're never going to do anything with that teddy bear or the frog and I'm not going to do anything with the truck other than put it on a shelf somewhere and stare at it and forget it, that it even exists, but you can't you can't let it go. Yeah, just knowing it's there is uh is comforting and I it's uh I don't know, when you get to a point where maybe there's more years behind you than there is ahead of you, you look at these things uh, in a more charming way. Uh, though I got to admit, Freddy Frog looks like he's probably seen better days. But hey, the Bears return, which has earned 12,000 likes on Glacier National Park's Facebook's page, is a beautiful story that resonates, uh, said Ben Pascal, Naomi's dad, who's also a senior pastor at Presbyterian Church in Jackson Hole, a popular ski town south of the Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. So there you go. Wonderful. So. That's the news, fellas. All right. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving. By the time you listen to this, it will be Thanksgiving week. I would like to say I'm thankful for both of you gentlemen for continuing to allow me to be a dipshit on this podcast and say stupid, sometimes awful things uh, and complain about getting old. And I just wanted to say thank you, given that, again, by the time listeners listen to this, it will be the week of giving thanks here in the States. So, Thank you to both of you, and uh, the following week, I will be gone. I'm going to be in New York, and Steve and Tracy are going to be left up to their own devices. So you get next week, we're probably going to have a special show. We haven't even really talked about this, but we're probably going to have some kind of special show. I don't know what that is yet, but given that we typically record on Thursdays, Thursday is Thanksgiving, next week we'll do some type of show. that We won't go a week without giving you some content, but we don't know what that is yet. And then the following week, you probably had an even weirder show because it's just going to be Steve and Tracy doing what they do best. And then I'll be back the following week. So and by the time I get back and by the time we do another normal, quote unquote, show again, we're going to be deep into the throes of the Christmas season, the holiday season. And I'm going to be in good spirits because I love that time of year. So tune in if you uh, if you want to hear Happy Dave, as it were. All right. Happy, happy Dave is a lot of fun to listen to. Let's yeah. get the hell out of here. Steve, anything else from you? I'm thankful for both of you just because you said it. So fine. Tracy, yeah. anything else from you? Yeah, you guys, Freddie Frog, don't know what I'd do without you. So thank you. All right. For Steve, for Tracy, for Freddie Frog, and for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.